Welcome to The Truth in the Sorry. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I am thrilled to be in conversation with my next guest. I want to say DMV, a DMV based DJ, artist, entrepreneur. Please welcome Trilla K. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and and I, I like the attempt that I did there. I said thrilled. Yeah, uh, uh, no, no, no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I try to make it work. Every now and again, I, I, I like to point out when people see me being corny. And <laughs> if no one calls it, I, I just I like. Mean, I like corny. I think it's funny. So. I, yeah. I did an interview with, uh, with a uh, fabric artist yesterday. And I was okay. like, if you can, and she, she, she works with Bob and Lace. And I was like, yeah, if you can lace me with your credentials, she's like, she's like, you really reach for that one. I was like, look, man, I'm out here living life. I, I like it. I like it. Keep it, keep it going. <laughs> so, you know, I, I gave sort of the, the cut and paste, um, intro. So I want to mm-hmm. give you the space. Um, you know, could you, you know, give the, the listeners a brief overview, your background? I got some bullet points in there, but I at least want to start off there. For sure. So um, I go by Trilla, Trilla K. I am a DMV based DJ, artist, creative. Um, I've been DJing for the past four years. I also work in the live music concert industry and I've been a venue manager for the past six years. Um, before that I was a blogger back in college, like super heavy into like the underground music scene. Um, and then just recently of the past like year or two, I've been kind of pursuing an artist career as well. Not even career, just been performing and creating music and that's been like going crazy well. Um, so yeah, just art and music are like my life. That's, that's dope. I I, I like, I like that connection when say it's your life, you know, because I think there there is this sort of notion of when people separate things and a lot of us, we, we kind of have to, but I think when it's embedded, it's, it's that deep, like, you know, I identify very much with what I do creatively. Mm-hmm. And I always do the thing of like, when we identify ourselves, what's the the scripter that you use first? You know what I mean? Because that's the one that's top of mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're having a conversation. I'm like, yeah, I'm a podcaster that does X, Y, and Z. I'm not doing the the sort of keyword search. I'm not doing the SEO thing. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing, you know, a black and blah, blah, blah podcaster. I'm like, I'm a podcaster. Yeah. And, you know, there are things that are about me that definitely kind of work into this and how I approach creativity. So for you, can you share what creativity means to you? Yeah, um, I would say to me, Creativity means like surrendering to the flow. I have, um, especially with being a DJ and also like a venue manager, I'm like big math nerd and not a lot of people know that. Um, But I've been able to kind of like mesh my like analytical side with the creative side. And so to me, creativity means just like not thinking too hard about it and just like releasing and creating in that flow. and. Yeah, it it's, it almost comes like like naturally sometimes. You have to catch yourself at times because you know you know you'd be in the middle of a conversation, you're just like letting it roll. You're like, oh, oh. Whew, this is a mixed room. I kind of use the N word about seventy five <laughs> times in this conversation, <laughs> and it's just you know you're just you're just speaking. You're just you know doing your thing, and you feel at your most comfortable. It doesn't feel like work or anything along those lines. It's a version of being in that state, that sort of freeing state, and. Um, 
you know, sometimes I'll look back at a, listen back to an interview. I'm like, when did I interview them? What did I say? Wow, damn. Mouth That's me when I listen back to my mixes. I'm like, who did that? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> or even if you, I don't, I don't know if you, do you write down like ideas, like, you know, for like maybe a mix, maybe a song, maybe a project you want to work on. Do you write that down on like, is it in like the notes app? Is it something that's on paper? How do you, how do you do that? So I do notes app it, but I'm a very pen and paper person. Mm -hmm. Like I got my planner. I got notepads for days. Like when I'm making music, I like to write it down. And that's very much so a part of my process, I would say as well, is like physically writing things. Technology is great, but that physically writing, I don't know. There's just so much magic in it. It's different. So it, it, the reason I ask that, because it's like sometimes I, I was talking with this this um, this artist last night and he said, you know, he's he's like 34 and he's like, I have like notebooks, idea books, sketchbooks from since I was eight. And I was like, yep. yo, that's a lot. And I'm in the studio. I have in my studio space, I have two creative altars. And I have, I have a, a creative altar too. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I have um I have all of these these notebooks that I've written ideas down. So when I go back through I'm like, all right, I need to tap back in. Like I'm feeling like creatively like a little murk. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let me tap back in and check. And I'm like, damn, I wrote that. Hell yeah. That's a good idea. You know what? Let's let's execute on that. Yeah. Emphasis on that creative altar thing. I have a small table in my room where I just have like some notebooks, some sketchbooks, some coloring books. Yeah. And like, I'd be coloring and stuff. Like you could say that's a kid thing, but I love to just like color if I need to do something to just like, that's like a form of meditation. Um, so I highly recommend everyone have their own little creative altar. 100%. So and I think you were touching on us a little bit about being a math nerd, but is there anything else like from, you know, from the, the, the K behind Trilla K that, you know, because I'm not putting the government out there. Uh, <laughs> but is there anything from like sort of your, your personal life that has influenced you to choose your current creative pursuits? Because there, there are several. Absolutely. So like I said, I was blogging back in college. I actually um, went to school for econ. I started off as an accounting major and then transitioned to econ. But then as soon as I graduated, I got a music industry job straight out the gate. Mm. Um, so just like with working in this space, I definitely like my professional career is more like from like management and an accounting standpoint. But with working in the live music space, it inspired me like, yo, I'm paying all these artists and right. managing all these shows like I create too. like, why not just do it? So definitely um, just working in the field, just kind of in the shadows has just inspired me to create myself. And yeah, that's played kind of heavily into why I became a DJ. Um, I've done a lot of production work and things like that before I started DJing. And it was really just an outlet to do something that wasn't work related. And then it kind of turned into a career, which I'm not mad about. We're in, uh, along that journey. And thank you for, 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 for sharing so far. Yeah. Uh, so along that journey, what would you say are some of those like pivotal moments that kind of shape where you're at now? Ooh, okay. Let's get into it. So, um, I'll just start with like how I even began DJing in the first place. Please. Like, Back in, I think, 2018, I was just randomly like, I want to start DJing. I had done a production gig in L.A., and we did an event with Puma and Selena Gomez, and they had booked, like, all women DJs for the whole weekend. And this was my first time, like, seeing that many women DJs. And I was like, 
this is the coolest shit ever. Like, what? Um, so I came back home, like, I'm going to start DJing. Literally within, like, two to three months of me picking up a DJ controller, I got booked for my first gig. And then from then, I was just getting booked. Just because people, like, already knew me. And they were like, yeah, come spend my event. So I honestly was prematurely getting booked before I completely knew what I was doing as a DJ. And it kind of just, like, I was started learning as I went. Um, I mean, and now I know what I'm doing, but definitely like my first year, I kind of just like fake it till you make it and was figuring it out as I went and I was getting booked and I didn't want to decline gigs. So I was just like, you know what, we're going to roll with the punches and learn as we go. So that was very pivotal to just kind of jump out there into something that I wasn't too familiar with and just do it. And it's definitely given me the confidence to pursue any other creative pursuits that I have and just challenge myself even more in other areas of life. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, that is, that's wonderful. Um, you know, I, I, I look back at certain moments, um, you know, folks ask me when they check this podcast out or, you know, you talk to funders, you talk to people for partnerships and they'll ask like, you know, what are the, the interviews that stick out the most? And it's like, it's, it's going to sound really self-serving, but it's like the ones where, because all of them stick out for various reasons, but the ones where I'm kind of learning something about myself through how maybe someone receives me, and especially if it's like someone that's in an industry that either I'm working in or trying to go deeper into. Mm-hmm. It's like you have someone, I would imagine maybe it's the same, like starting out where you're trying a new venture and then like your major DJ person is just like, yo, you're crushing it. Yeah, that's like what me? Who? <laughs> that shit is crazy. Yeah, and you know, I've I've heard it from folks that are you know sort of this outsider arts or even in like radio or journalism. They're like, no, you're doing it. You're absolutely doing it. Don't act like you're not part of it. I'll say, all right, cool. I tapped into the other podcast. You're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I like to think about. So you're you said 2018, right? So. Yeah. But so you're, like professionally first gig 2019. So 2019, this, this podcast started in 2019. So, right. you know, over the last four years, I'm always tinkering and certain things become part of it, whether it's within the process, some things I drop out, like maybe how I go about asking questions. I used to keep a, a large table of questions and filter it based on the type of um, guest that's coming on, because it's a diverse range of guests or even the inclusion of the rapid fire questions, which you'll be getting later. Um, I'm always trying to add something in it to make for a richer, fuller conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's my attempt to be innovative. You know, what does innovation mean to you as it relates to your work? Um, innovation definitely means just like transformation, adjustment, change. Um, I would definitely contribute my growth as a DJ artist and music professional to innovation and not being afraid to, to do something different. Um, when I first started spinning, it was more so like, I got a good music taste. Like y'all are going to fuck with this. And now I'm more, um, I would say intuition based when I'm doing my events and really just trying to read the crowd and play off of what they like and their interest. Um, so yeah, innovation is just being cool with change and switching up from there. And so, and, and I, I dig that. And so it leads me to this question. I'm going to skip ahead. I'm going to come back to some other ones, but I'm going to skip ahead on this one. Uh, so the concept of like play, in experimentation, where does that play within your sort of creative growth? Because 
you know, sometimes you like, I'm just going to mess around. I'm going to ask this person about cartoons for 30 minutes and we'll see what we get out of it. Or even when I, I bring folks on, because sometimes um, you have interviews and folks are like super nervous. Like, I've never talked about my work before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, man, we're just talking, man. Ain't nothing. The mics ain't even on. The mics have already been on. Man, ain't even nothing, man. It's all good. And it's just me trying to play through it because I'm better at hiding it and there's a little more control coming from this side of the screen. Mm-hmm. But really there's nerves in it at all times. There's um it's 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 like um it's like a it's like a job interview in some regards. It's like uh speed dating in some regards. So, you know, how do you like incorporate like maybe play or experimentation to kinda, you know, keep it fresh, keep it light, keep it interesting, but still be on your P's and Q's? Yeah, like play is super, super, super important. I think it just like exercises that creative muscle with like not having to overthink something before you do it and giving you that space to make mistakes Um, because we only get better at things when we make mistakes and learn from them. So I think that play plays that huge role in it. Also, just like from a professional standpoint, uh, I've learned, especially just like coming back from the pandemic, I've had to like hire new folks and just our industry recovering from that. Like a lot of people don't know what they're doing. A lot of us don't know what we're doing or we're figuring it out as we go. So I feel like play is a part of that, like role playing. Like I'm going to play this role until I master it. Um, And I think the more we play, the more we can self master. I like that. I think play is definitely integral. Um, You know, I was looking at like a movie the other day and you know, I just like, can we just get back to things being fun, you know, mm-hmm. get back to people like playing and enjoying it. And, you know, like, so I had a conversation and I see, you know, my field getting very protective, right? Getting very protective of podcasting and all of that, because um, I think there's cultural preservation in there. I think that there is, you know, people having their true voice, authentic, authentic storytelling, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you hear like, yeah, they're making podcasts through chat, GPT and AI. I'm like, look, oh my God, no. and it's like, you, you lose something in there it's and different. you, you want, cause like AI is devoid of fun. It's just, it's rigid. It's, you know, it's devoid of it. So I rather have sort of these conversations have all of the mess ups in there have all of the stumbles, because I stumble through words all the time, but, you know, really have sort of that stuff that feels like it's fun, that feels like it's interesting and authentic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you may have something that doesn't, you know, really have the most most polished thing, but that's, that's all right, because yeah. you're making the attempt. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I'm open format with, like, all of my sets. I pretty much freestyle, like, everything. There, If it's a really short set, I'll, like, plan-ish but yeah everything is play for real like even with DJing like I'm playing all the time like so but I think that like adds to the appeal and the excitement is because people see that like oh you're having fun okay this doesn't seem formatted um and just working in live music as well I think that's why I love live music so much it's because just that organic aspect like this moment can't be recreated. Like we can try, but certain things just can't be recreated. Even with the error in it, I feel like that's just really cool. I, I remember coming down here, um, I'm recording this from DC, coming down here um, and I was at like 9.30 club, right? And oh, I- that's where I work. We'll, <laughs> we'll be talking more then. Uh, <laughs> so I, I love Toro Iwa, right? So this is a couple years ago and 
and ironically, it's the last time I went to um, New Orleans too, because the the album that he he was pl- uh, playing at nine thirty came out like on my birthday, like so it's like January twenty nineteen. So it's really a setting the stage. So I'm there, and he's doing like these these songs. I was like, hell yeah, man! And then Rose Quartz comes on. I think he ends the show with that. And this was like the third attempt of me trying to see him. Like the first two times, I had like a panic attack and didn't see him come on stage. So this time I'm going to be here, damn it. I got it. And then he's playing it. And this is um, one song called who I am. And I'm like, hell yeah, this slaps. And then when it comes out on the, the, like the polished version of it on the record, it sounds different. I was like, no, so someone recorded it on the whole thing. And I was like, I listened to that, you know, I listened to you kind of recapture that sort of experience. And, you know, it's not the same, obviously, you'll have the same feeling and all of that stuff from live music. And that's, that's probably something that's going to change, um, you know, hopefully not for forever, but it's something that definitely was impacted, mm-hmm. you know, COVID and all of that, but it's just a vibe and it's just an aura that it just, it hits, it hits. For sure. I love it. I think that's why I love live music so much. Um, I'm like, I'm a tourist, so I'm like very like, let's activate all the senses, sight, sound, like smell, like everything. So the more senses that are activated, the more I'm into whatever's going on. Look, I go to wrestling shows. I only want a few things activated. I don't want smells activated. <laughs> okay, that's different. You know, it's a lot of like, yo, how many hot dogs do you have, Gene? Can you, can you put one of those down? Just less. So case by case. <laughs> yeah, definitely case by case, not case of hot dogs. Uh, so talk, talk about, I think this definitely connects. So I, I read you've had an affinity for music from a very young age. Like, what is a song like from your youth that just has an you know impact, a profound impact? You're like, yeah, oh yeah, that's just slaps. Okay, hear me out. I was a kid back in LimeWire days, and I stumbled upon um, this song called "Definition" by Black Star, and that is the moment I like fell in love with hip hop. Um, I didn't know I wanted to be a DJ then, but I was like, this hits. Like, promise you I was not living the same life as most deaf and Talib Kweli, but it was just something about it. I think just like the emotion behind that the air experiences. And then I think the moments like that, it's like when I really fell in love with music. And I think it's the storytelling aspect for me. And like, sometimes music these days, a lot of mainstream is just like, very shallow, not full of substance, but I'm so here for the substance. So here for things that capture real life experiences and emotions. Um, and yeah, that's just like what really did it for me. Thank you. And you, see, again, I, I think there, there's some overlap. I'm, I'm connecting in so many ways here because I was going to make the food connection, the food comparison to it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I want a roux. I want something that's deep and rich. I, you know, I, I don't need, you know, I, mean, I, I like some, you know, some ratchet nonsense on occasion, but for me, it's, you know, I want that sort of substance. Like I have this and it may turn into a podcast. I don't know if I'm qualified, but I might reach out to you for it. Uh, you know, I had this belief, like music got real weird after like 2011. I feel that. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I love the old bop. Like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, these TikTok rappers. Great, but... Nah, give me the substance. Give me like when it really took effort to make the music and there was more of a process to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Y'all can have the watered down stuff. It, it's something about like going back to like wrestling, right? I, I, can, I think that's an app comparison. Mm-hmm. So like 
in terms of the athleticism, in terms of the the health of the wrestlers, the presentation, the visual presentation of like raw or anything along those lines, mm-hmm. it's better than it's ever been, right? But something about it doesn't hit the character, the authentic, the feel of authenticity, the sort of storytelling doesn't hit the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel about a lot of rap. It's like production. Wow, this sounds amazing, but almost everyone's a good producer now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel that that feels. That spills into like all forms of entertainment these days, honestly. Like, so like even just like television back in the day and all of that just was like a lot more all types of substance. And these days, I don't know, I think just the accessibility to creating things has watered things down a bit. Um, but that's why it's so important to just continue. Like, if you're passionate about it, do it. Like, who cares what the next person says? Like, if you're passionate about it, you're gonna bring something to the table that the next person might not be able to. It's like, it's like keep rolling in your lane and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like, you're only you. And I, I can say this really in a really connected sort of sense um, in doing podcasts. Everybody gets a mic, thinks they're a podcaster. Most of them aren't. Mm-hmm. And you hear like the number of growth and then now we see the sort of backside of it or the ass, some might say, but the backside of it where, um, you know, like Spotify is like, kind of like throwing like podcasts out like they're they're we're no longer going to work with you or we can't afford to keep you and so on it's like that bubble is bursting but there are so many people who maybe sold what their original thing was mm-hmm. to talk to these people and they weren't staying true and now that format that was the scalable format if you will mm-hmm. you, you you've lost your audience yeah that's what made you unique and interesting and I remember, and, and, I'll, and I'll move to this next question in a moment, but I remember listening to an interview with Currency, and he was like, I don't listen to rap when I'm working on an album. He's one of my favorite rappers. See, again, again, see, we're here. We're here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I saw him at the Smokers tour like 10 years ago, have you? Yeah. <laughs> and right after he broke his ankle, he brought a couch out there and performed while sitting on the couch. Fuck it. Sponsored <laughs> by Raw Papers. It was him and Method Man and Big Crit. This was a That's wild show. I was on tour with Big Crit last year. Hell yeah. Yeah. Love to hear it. Yeah. What what stimulates y- your creativity? You know, certain music, colors, activities, like any, and I, you definitely touched on, you know, the, the coloring um, the coloring book piece. And I have, I have two or three coloring books in the, in the studio. Yeah, um, for sure. Definitely coloring. Um, 100% my peers, like, I feel like the people who you surround yourself will play a big role in how your life plays out and things like that. So peers are just super, super inspiring. And just also nature. I'm like super big on nature. I like love to meditate, do yoga, spend my time outside. Um, So yeah, like nature inspires me, my friends, fam, just everyday experiences, honestly. And then just telling that story behind those. Um, I definitely view myself as a healer. So I feel like my art is a way to express that. And as I heal myself, I can help heal others just by being transparent and truth telling and sharing experiences. Well, in, in an effort to be transparent, and this is just just something I saw earlier, and it's just so crazy. I was getting a sandwich for lunch, and uh, so the person in the uh, sandwich shop was like, "Hey, man, you look like Tyler Perry." And I was like, ah, "Oof!" Uh, oh, you don't. That's literally, <laughs> literally, literally the thing. <laughs> 
in the last month, I've been, I've been told that I look like uh, um, Hannibal Burris, Donald Glover, and now Tyler Perry. I was like, look, man, I'm, I need to get out of here. Maybe like a cousin of all three of them together. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but then immediately it's like, yeah, by the way, since I gave you that compliment, can you buy me lunch? I was like, look, I need to get out of here. I need to get to the studio. <laughs> and it, there was a podcast that I did for a long time that that would turn into a segment of what are, who are your doppelgangers? Who are your who are your like celebrity or fake person doppelgangers? So I may ask you that question in a moment. Um, I got a few. <laughs> uh, so I got I got two more real questions before I get to those rapid fire questions. So typically, how do you approach like creative goals? Like, for instance, let's say you're a painter, right? And you want to do 10 paintings or you're a podcaster and you want to do 100 podcasts in a year or what have you. Do you get bummed out if you only hit like half of that goal? Or do you feel extra accomplished if you exceed that goal? Tell me about that. Um, so that's actually a great question, because especially as I'm like been creating music as like a singer, songwriter, rapper, lace. Lately, I've just, my creative process, I'm still trying to figure it out, but I realize that it's not an everyday thing and I have to honor that space and be compassionate with myself that just because my homies are like in the studio cooking up every day, does not mean that I have to do the same thing, nor does that mean that I need to define my success by those means. So now it's just, you know, honoring that space, especially like with the play and with the coloring, like if I'm feeling it, we're going to do it. But if I'm not feeling it, I don't have to force myself to do it. And sometimes that means like I haven't made a song in three months or I haven't done a mix in a month. But then I might have like one crazy week where I'm just like going dumb, booked and busy. I've recorded three mixes, made a bunch of music. So, yeah, things definitely happen in cycles and there is no real formula. But if I have a great idea, I'm going to write it down. And when I'm feeling called to create, definitely just honoring that space and doing it. But understanding that, like, I'm a creative who does not feel like creating all the time. And that is completely OK. Yeah, sometimes. Thank you. And sometimes you have to spend that time away from it, you know, to I I took advice from folks last year because, again, 300 and 365 days is a lot of podcasts. And it, it, it was kind of this thing of, you know, because I don't I don't want to feel that the conversations are disposable. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to feel like that because then why do it? You know, I just I, I'll get out. And the moment I feel that way, it's like, all right, moving on to something else. And I think in this year, making an intentional decision to, you know, block off time, you know, block off that sort of time of like, I'm going to keep a pretty tight production schedule and not feeling bad when, you know, someone hits me up. Hey, I'd love to be on your podcast, but can we do it during this time frame? I got to honor that period of like, I need to take this month and a half off to do other things. And maybe this interview doesn't fit right now. Maybe we push it back and really breaking it down because I think there is this sort of dialogue or this sort of conversation that's happening between, you know, being driven by this sort of push to always be creating something, always staying relevant or consistent as they say. But, you know, it's like what, what you hear Frank Ocean always, you know, make fun of, man, you haven't come out with anything in a while. It's like, all right, cool, but the next one's going to slap. So what are you asking? You know, like, it, it's the quality of what one is doing. And it's not always this push to consistently be putting out content. 
It's yeah. not content. It's art. It's a creative attempt. It's creative expression. It's not content. You just fired something in my brain. And I think that goes back to like the watering down of like a lot of current mainstream things. It's because a lot of people are so focused on the content that they lose the art part of it. And like art is sporadic. Art is chaos and the art isn't always planned. And I think the more that we focus on the art and less on the content, the more you can really get that substance out of things. So content is great, but we definitely have to learn how to navigate this space and still be human because that's what we are. And that's what really like makes, makes it what it is. 100%. So this is the last question I have for you for, as far as the real questions. Um, so, you know, describe like your, your repertoire of mixes, your, your musical elements, different things that, you know, it's a signature mix for you, a signature like production for you, signature art for you. Like what are some of the hallmarks that, you know, fit within your creative contributions? Yeah, for sure. So mix wise, like super or open format, but heavy on like the African diaspora. We're taking house music, DC, go go, Baltimore club, Jersey club, Afrobeat. Um, I've been recently tapping into drum and bass. That's been lit. Uh, a lot of reggae. Um, but yeah, just super, super heavy on the diaspora over here. And um, I love transitions. Like before I even became a DJ, like I lived for transitions. So you can definitely like spot some fire transitions in a Trilla K mix. Um, but I just like to highlight how diverse our culture is, how diverse we as a people are and just keep it fun, keep it sporadic and keep that like youthful play element in the mixes. And it's like, it's not always too technical, but you're never going to hear the same thing twice. I love that. And, and, and yet another thing that we and you will be talking about off mic, because I have some ideas I want to run by you. <laughs> uh, so now it's that portion of the podcast where either you're going to run for the hills or you're like, all right, I got you. Uh, it's a rapid fire portion. Uh, so you know how this goes. Don't overthink them. Uh, all right. Here's the first one. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Me that. Oh my god. Um, okay, one food rest of my life. I'm Mangos. gonna go with jackfruit. Okay. Because right. you can do a lot of different things with it and make it taste a lot of different ways. So we're gonna go with jackfruit. Okay. Uh where have you lived the longest? DC for sure. Northeast DC to be exact. Born in um, Name one or two of your famous or celebrity doppelgangers. Um, okay, I got this one like multiple times. I don't know her name, but it's the girl from Everybody Hates Chris, the light skinned girl who he had a crush on. Mad people think I look like her for some reason. And I was in the club the other day and I got Alicia Keys, but that was because of the swag, because I definitely don't look like her. Um, so yeah. But I can see the everybody hates Chris one. I'm like, I need to figure out her name. That's that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, yeah. let's see. Uh, when you're not working, how do you spend your time? Oh, I be chilling. Um, I love to cook. I love to garden. 
I'm like a big homebody. So I actually spend a lot of time alone when I'm not working because a lot of my work is based off of socializing and community. So I usually use that time to pour into myself and spend some alone time. Yeah. This is the last one, and this is probably the most self-serving one. Uh, who would you like to hear interviewed on this podcast? Ooh, okay. That's a real good one. Okay, since it's Women's History Month, I'm going to pick a fellow queen. Um, okay, DMV artist. She is a rapper, and her name is Kila Letitia. She's dope, and I would I think that would be really fire. Um, so I'm going to say Kila Letitia. I took that note. <laughs> See, this this is me, um, you know, providing space, but also kind of helping myself out. But guess, <laughs> yeah, no, that's dope. I like that. That's a good one. That's a real good one. So that's that's pretty much um, it for the the interview. And and thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. And um, I want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners where they can check you out, your work, social media, website. The floor is yours. For sure. So. Best way to find me is on trillak.com, T-R-I-L-L-A-K-A-Y.com. My socials are connected to there, my music, little about, a little bit of everything. I've got some press on there. Um, my social media that I'm most active on is Instagram, which is trillak underscore at the end. Um, and that's really it. I keep it pretty light on the internet, but I promise you I'm cool in real life and tap in i got a bunch of mixes on soundcloud and i have a few um singles on like apple music and all dsps so title all that good stuff youtube yeah well there you have it folks i want to again thank trilla k for coming on to the podcast and i'm rob lee saying if there is art and culture in and around your neck of the woods you've just got to look for it mm-hmm.